Happy holidays. Welcome to Curiosity Killed the Cat. We are about to review Tombstone. We are your Huckleberry. Stay tuned while we highlight all the best parts of this fabulous, amazing, gothic, godfather-style western. Let's talk Tombstone. It was released in 1993 and originally directed by Kevin Jarre, who was fired within the first like week or two of shooting the movie and was quickly replaced by the second director, George P. Cosmatos. Now, urban legend has it that Kurt Russell himself could be credited as being the director of this film. Apparently, uh, when George came in to do the shooting, there were still several things going on and off on the set to where Kurt Russell was still super helpful in getting like call sheets made up for the day, all the other kind of like ins and outs of the movie, like the daily movie making process, he was still pretty much in charge of. And so if you ask uh, any of the guys that were on the film, any of the actors, they will tell you that Kurt Russell was like the reason why the movie got made. It There was a, a start to beginning um a beginning middle end to the movie and um yeah Kurt Russell didn't talk about it too much until after the uh the the director that actually got credited um on the movie passed away then he kind of opened up and said basically yeah there was a bunch of shit going on and I basically helped out a lot and I was basically the director of the movie no he didn't say that don't even say that he said that but um yeah basically you can thank Kurt Russell Wyatt Earp himself for getting this movie out in the theaters and up off the ground now, the story takes off. We have a beautiful wedding. Wonderful Mexican wedding. The flowers are gorgeous. The lace is beautiful. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody's happy. And all of a sudden, uh, the men with the sashes, the red sashes come out of nowhere. And the cowboys are here. The cowboys are here. They've showed up. They were not invited to the wedding I don't think that the bride had enough uh place settings set for extra people like that so you know that she was like she saw them roll up and she was like looked at the husband was like what who did you invite that you didn't tell me that you invited um but things things don't go so well so they go from being like happily like freshly brand new married couple to all of a sudden the cowboys showed up they're the uninvited guests they're ruining the party and they walk in, they've got a couple sashes in their hand, those sassy red sashes that they like to wear so much, and they throw them down on the ground. He's like, you all killed two cowboys. And they're like, sure. They're like, now you're going to die. And they kill in classic Game of Thrones red wedding style. They kill every single person in the wedding, just about, except for the bride and uh then the baddest boy in the cowboy bunch walks up, and his name's Johnny Ringo. He's a real fuck boy, but we'll get past it. He walks up to the priest, and they're trying to, like, speak Spanish, and the one guy that speaks Spanish in the cowboy group doesn't speak it very well, and he's like, excuse me, your Spanish isn't so good. Like, get out of my way. And he looks at the priest, and then he kills the priest. And, like, Curly Bill in the background is all like, whoa, bro, like, I thought I was crazy, but you just killed a fucking priest. That is the craziest thing. So, cut out of that, we're watching, uh, where are we at now? Okay, so we get out of the wedding, okay, cowboys are bad, no, no, shoo, shoo, bye-bye, bang, bang, don't want you around, we don't want you in our town, we don't want you in our neighborhood, 
Just bad news. Watch out for the boys in the red sashes because they are no good. Something that is good would be Doc Holliday. He is one of the most fabulent, vi- fa- fabulent, fabulously violent characters. Uh, no, he's not too, too violent, but he's one of the most badass characters in this whole film. Um, actually, in real life, total badass. And uh, between him and Wyatt, they really show this beautiful um, showcase of friendship and the loyalty of being a good friend, what it means to be there as a good friend for somebody, um, you know. When, when do you show up for them the most? And Doc Holliday uh, is the epitome of what a good, loyal friend should be. He shows up time and time again, and he is always there for his best friend, Wyatt. So, um, little tidbits about him. The reason why he might be a little bit, uh, seeming, seems a little bit out of place in the whole tombstone vibe, this whole, like, rash cowboy shoot you know, shoot now, talk later, in your face kind of deal. He's a little bit more romantic. He's a, he's a little bit more poetic in the way that he talks, in the way that he translates his thoughts to everybody. And um, I think it has a lot to do with uh, the actual Doc Holliday being born in Georgia. So he's a true Southern gentleman. He was a doctor, uh, well, a dentist, um, who, thank you to my dad for that wonderful information, Um so he got tuberculosis and was told to move into a drier climate. And that's how he ended up um, out in Tombstone with uh, with his best buddy. So he's just a great character. He really makes the movie. Every scene that he's in, he steals. But um, I'd say Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell and him have a beautiful pull and push. And Kurt Russell does a great job of just kind of being that straight man you know, literally he is an oak in the movie. You know, he's like a strong pillar, uh, a cornerstone for a lot of the characters in the movie, but specifically for Doc Holliday himself. And their their storyline is really wonderful. It's really beautiful. And if you love stories about friendship outside of this being a Western, it's a great movie about friendship. So moving on from that. Wyatt Earp and his gang of brothers move into Tombstone to start a new life, make a fortune, and uh, as Wyatt's walking around town looking for a, a good gambling hall to set up, he ends up going into this one saloon where a very differently shaped Billy Bob Thornton is uh in charge of one of the games and he's just a total asshole nobody likes him he's driving away customers and kurt russell decides like yo dude you're sitting in my chair and he tells them that because because he's fucking wyatt earp and he's just cool and he's just like i think you're sitting in my chair and billy bob looks up at him like what like who the hell is this guy that just walked in the door like yeah. So needless to say, he was sitting in Wyatt Earp's chair. He gets his chair back. He gets the guy kicked out. And uh, eventually Wyatt's outside chit-chatting with his with his brothers. And this 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 angry little gambling hall guy comes back to him with a gun in his hand, getting ready to shoot him. And Doc Holliday, lo and behold, is right behind him and, and stops the guy in his tracks and Oh, he says this great line, like, does this mean we're not friends? And, oh, he's so good. He's so good. And then that's where you see Wyatt, Doc, the bros kind of meet back up. And the whole uh, journey of the movie kind of starts 
sailing. We're, we're moving forward here. Wyatt's got him and his brother set up. They got jobs. They've got a nice little nightlife, you know, lifestyle going on. And they're just, they're just living the dream. You know, they got to deal with the cowboys, which is what it is, but they're gambling, they're making money, they're drinking, and they're just having a great time until, again, nobody's having a good time until freaking the Wyatt brothers and the cowboys start acting like a bunch of sassy little mean girls in high school, start getting into it with each other. And next thing you know, people are just like, getting fucking shot down on the streets of tombstone and you know the blood is being spilt cowboy blood hurt blood it's all bad it's not good and so Wyatt's brothers get so sick and tired of making money off of scared people in town they decide to bring the law to tombstone now side note the law and Wyatt Earp go hand in hand Wyatt Earp was a lawman, famous, famous all over. He's so fucking famous for being such a goddamn good lawman that when he comes to Toonstone, everybody from the four corners of town is telling him, hey, come on in. Hey, we could sure use some help out here. Come be part of the police. Come be a marshal. Come do this. Come do that. And he's like, no, bros, I've lived my life. I'm ready to make money off of these people. I don't want to be part of the fear. I want to make money off of the fear. So he play, he makes a little deal with the devil decides to not to not be part of part of that part of the tombstone lifestyle and um the lawlessness and the violence that goes throughout this town the way the cowboys are 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 able to just intimidate whoever whenever is super duper sad and one day Virgil who's played beautifully by Sam Elliott He's walking around town. He sees a woman. She's got a scar on her face and she's got kids and they're scared and he sees it in her eyes and he's like, I've had enough. And that's the decision. That's when he decides we're bringing the law back. You got to leave your guns in the freaking sheriff's office if you want to come into town. And that's how it is. Like talk to management, a.k.a. management is me. So good luck, motherfucker. Now, when Wyatt hears that his his brother Virgil and his little brother Morgan, who's played by the wonderful, amazing, miss you dearly Bill Paxton, when he finds out that his brothers did this, he gets all pissed. He's like, why'd you got to do this to me? And his brother's like, it's got nothing to do with you, Wyatt. And he's like, oh, you don't know what it's like to take a man's life. Boy, you don't ever want to know. And he's just real mad because he's like, you know, I know what you boys want to do. I I understand that you guys want to do the right thing, but there's a lot, a lot of bad that comes with having to do the right. And, you know, they find out they, they soon pay the price because things go down one night. It's rainy. It's stormy. The cowboys have had enough of the fucking Earp brothers and their and their give me your gun drama. And they've had enough and they scare their women and they're going around town and oh no, everybody gets shot and scared and Morgan gets killed. And this is after I I did skip a big battle. So before this scary nighttime like gun thing goes down, there was a big battle at the OK Corral between Wyatt and the Cowboys. The Earp brothers ended up killing a couple of the Cowboys. And man, that don't make the Cowboys very happy. They don't like them when you kill them. They don't mind killing other people. But when you kill their Cowboys, they get real pissed and they throw these big bougie fucking funerals where they get their guys all dressed up again in their coffins. And it's just like it was actually it was like a drag party. I thought we were going to be like, we are family. Boop, 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 boop. I got all my Cowboys in me. Yeah. 
that's what was happening. They were throwing this big, huge fucking funeral. And you know what happened? You want to know what Wyatt did? Wyatt sat down on his porch with his brother and they sipped tea as the funeral procession went through town and went by their house, literally drinking fucking tea like a disrespectful, like a disrespectful millennial would do. And that's okay. It was a big fight. Virgil got hurt in his arm, but none of them died. So this little this little battle at the OK Corral leads to this nighttime, sinister, more sneaky attack by the cowboys. Okay, they're mad at the Earps. You killed two of our guys. Now we're going to come into town and we're going to just like fuck some shit up. So they come. It's raining. And lo and behold, Morgan gets shot. Morgan gets killed. And it is like a death scene to end all death scenes. He is bleeding. The doctor's shoving things inside him to get the bullet out. The dog's barking. His wife is crying. Wyatt is just like trying to be a goddamn oak, but he can't be an oak. He's starting to get emotional. He's like, get that damn dog out of here. And I'm like, I didn't know if he was talking about the dog or the wife. And it's sad. And Morgan like looks up and he basically tells Wyatt like he don't see no light which is so sad because his brother was super spiritual and was like, I hear when you die, you see a big light. And then he tells Wyatt that he doesn't see a light. And it's so sad. And he dies. And so the next like day or two, they pack up. They're getting ready to leave. They go to the train station. We get Virgil's loaded up with his bum arm and all the women. And the cowboys just thought that they could just like sneak attack one more time. But little did they know that Wyatt was fucking waiting there for him and was like, he takes a spur to this one guy, Ike, this this guy that's just like sweaty and drunk throughout the whole movie, who apparently was drunk during the filming of movie, which I fucking love. I think all actors should be drunks when they play drunks. So anyways, Wyatt takes his boot. And when I was a little kid, this part like seared into my brain for life. He's got his spurs on his boots and he takes his spur as the guy's lying there on the ground up to his face and the spur lines up to his like mouth and he flicks his boot and it cuts his mouth and it's literally like not a very good special effect. But when you're a kid and you're watching the movie with your dad over and over and over, it's a part that you always remember. And so, uh, yeah, Wyatt just tells this this coward of a cowboy like you fucking tell him hell's coming and you tell him I'm coming with it. You tell him I'm coming. And it's so great. And it's such a good fucking scene. There's rain and there's thunder and the train takes off and <sighs> breather, breather. I need to breathe. It's a moment, man. It's a fucking moment. So they, uh, yeah, they go into full on like war mode. Okay. We've got like the injured and the women are out of the scene. It's time to just fucking kill some cowboys. So some former cowboys come up to Wyatt, a.k.a. Merle from The Walking Dead, Michael Rooker, who plays a wonderfully, like, good guy in this movie. He's a cowboy. Him and his buddies, they don't want to be cowboys no more. They're like, we heard they scared your women, and we weren't a part of that. We don't like it, so fucking fuck these sashes. And they throw them on the ground, and now they're part of fucking Wyatt's crew. So we've got fucking Captain America, Civil War, with Iron Man's going down now. It's cowboys versus the cops. It's law versus the fucking chaos. And it's going down. And they're just like hunting down cowboys. Bang, bang, pew, pew, shoot, shoot, bam, bam. You're done. You're done. You're done. Then one day they're getting some water at the creek. And they're like just chilling out, you know. And Curly Bill and his cowboys. Now Curly Bill 
Remember I told you about Wyatt and his brother sipping the tea during the funeral procession of the cowboys? So when Wyatt and his brother was going through their funeral, like when they're leaving town, they go by Curly Bill's, like wherever he's sitting. And Wyatt looks at him and he's like, I just want to let you know it's over. And Curly Bill just looks at him, dead face, and says, well, bye. Like, fucking peace out, dude. I'm glad it's done. We'll see you later, Wyatt. We'll see you fucking later. So guess what? They do see each other later, okay? They have themselves a little fucking a little Mexican standoff or crossfire or whatever it's called. They say something like that. So the two camps, the Cowboys and the Law, they're there. They're both on the opposite sides of the creek. They take out the, the, the guns, pow, pow, bang, bang, and fucking Wyatt decides like, no, no. He literally just starts saying no, like a fucking spirit has possessed him. And he's got this like shield around him where the bullets are not even coming near him. And he just fucking takes the shotgun. I think that's what it is. It's a big gun. And he goes right into fucking Curly Bill's chest, blows the fucker away right in the water. Okay, done. And you're like, yay, we've won. The war is over. And then you remember Johnny Ringo. Okay. Now at this point, Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday have had a lot more like banter. Uh, what are they called? Tete-a-tetes? Tete-a-tetes? I'm trying to be bougie. I don't know what I'm talking about, but the banter between Johnny Ringo bad boy and fucking good bad boy Doc Holliday were pretty amazing. The, the chemistry between those two and their scenes are on fire. There is a scene where Johnny Ringo takes out his gun and he's doing all these fancy like gun swirly moves. But then Doc like does the same thing, but with a shot glass. And it's just like there's so many breathless moments in this movie. It's so quotable. There's so many just like little parts of it that you just like you remember forever. And so when it comes to like the final bring it down scene, like, you know, who's who's going against two we've got Wyatt and we've got Ringo now Ringo tells Wyatt okay meet me at six o'clock you know behind the bleachers and we'll have a good time Wyatt's like I'll be there but guess who was playing sick Mr. Holiday Doc Holiday let me say Dr. Holiday not Mr. Holiday so Doc has been pretending to be a little bit too sick about his tuberculosis he's been putting on a good show he decides rather than letting Wyatt go up to Johnny Ringo, he's going to be the one to do it. So Ringo's all like, I knew you'd come. And and it's not Wyatt, it's Doc. It's a good switch up. It, it kind of gets you every time. You're always like, oh, is Wyatt going to show up this time or is Doc Holiday going to show up this time? And you're like, they only shot one fucking version of the ending. So it's going to be Doc every single time. And yeah, he shows up and he goes, say when. And they fucking, he shoots Ringo right in the dome, right in the skull. And he's still standing there and he says, come on, come on. He's got his hands out and his fingers are all squiggly. And he's like, come on, bro. Like telling him to come closer to him. And he lays him down and he was just told him, he was like, you were just too high strung. And I'm afraid the, I'm afraid the strain was just more, more than he could bear. And Wyatt shows up and is like, what the fuck just happened? And Doc was like, oh, why? I wasn't quite as sick as I let on. And Wyatt's just like, okay, cool. And they're like, all right, let's go do this. And we're like, go do what? 
you guys are done. And they're like, let's get the rest of the cowboys. And you're like, I thought we already got the rest of the cowboys. Nope, they go get the rest of them. There's a few left and they go get them. And then we've got a beautiful scene of Doc Holliday in the hospital getting ready to pass away. You get a beautiful last scene of him and Wyatt Earp together saying goodbye. And it's so cute and it's so sweet. And again, a testament to true friendship and being there for somebody. Um, and knowing when to go when a, when a friend says it's time to go. And so Doc looks down. He sees he's got bare feet. And he's kind of like, that's funny. And apparently Doc Holliday always thought he was going to go out with his boots on. And when he looked down and he didn't see that he had any boots on in the bed, he just thought it was kind of funny. And then he passed away. So that's kind of an interesting story. Speaking of stories, one story I kind of passed by that I haven't even gotten into yet was the romantic storyline in the movie. Um, I kind of wanted to keep that a little bit separate because um, they do a really good job at keeping this romantic storyline um embedded in the story but not out of place you have this perfect bromance going on while also you have this lovely romance uh starting very sweetly and organically between Wyatt Earp and um this woman Josephine she was this fabulous actress and she comes into Tombstone um with her with her little acting troupe and they put on a a wonderful play and she's She's the woman behind the devil mask in the play. And so there's just this joke between Doc and Wyatt about her being this devilish woman. And and him and Dana Delaney, who plays Josephine, have a wonderful chemistry. Um, their eyes go big for each other. You know, they get those big moon eyes. And um, just the chemistry is just electric. And you could see that there's, you know, that they really took this love story really seriously and treated it with a lot of respect. And there's a scene where Wyatt runs into her on a horse ride and she's having a little picnic because of course she is. And they go off riding on their horses together and they kind of talk about how, what they want in the world. And it's a really beautiful scene. But unfortunately for Wyatt, um, he has a long-term partner who has a kind of a substance abuse issue to, uh, I guess what you'd call opium. It was like called laudum. Um, so she's always drinking out of this bottle and her eyes are always super watery and she's just super like cynical and, um, and you feel, I feel really bad for her. I feel super sympathetic for her and empathetic for her, you know, all the things, but, um, you just know her and Wyatt are not meant to be for each other. So, you kind of root for this this other this other romance and so he ends up breaking things off with Maddie she goes away and um at the end of the movie once all the cowboys get hunted down and he's said goodbye to his friend doc and his brothers are all off and taken care of he goes and he finds her at one of her plays and he asked her to dance because on the first night she walked up to him to dance and he said no. He told he told Doc that he was an oak and that he would not dance with that dusky hair, dusky hued haired woman. And uh, so he finds her and he, and he asked her to do what they didn't do on their first night. And she said, what was that? And he said, dance. And so they dance. And then he says, and next we'll get room service. And he throws his hat off into the sky and they're dancing and it freeze frames. And you get this beautiful information about how Wyatt Earp eventually passed away in the early twenties in Los Angeles and how the, these early Western stars were at his funeral and how some of them cried and just, yeah, fantastic way to go. Bravo. 
Bravo Tombstone. I've been watching this movie since I was a child. I've watched it with my dad more times than I can even, I can't even count. It was my like legit first R-rated movie when I was younger. I only remembered the movie to a certain part. And then when I got older, there was like a whole second half of the movie. Like when they go to get the Cowboys, like for the first time, um, all of a sudden one day watching the second half of the movie, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like we went from like, we went from just like cowboys bang bang to like hunting the cowboys down. Like we're like, it goes into Godfather territory. This movie, they wanted to make a Godfather Western. And after I heard that and rewatching again with that in my mind from point A, the opening of the very, the very beginning of the movie, they tell you that the cowboys are the first, some of the first instances in American organized crime. So they set you up from the very beginning to like, this is a mafia fucking godfather story. It just happens to be cowboys and fucking lawmen in the West. And throughout the whole film, you get it because it's not a film that just has, oh, beginning, middle, end. It go it goes up and it goes down and and it's a long, beautiful tale. And I think they did a fucking fabulous job. I think this movie holds up. Sure, there are cheesy moments. Of course there are. It won't be it would not be a cult classic movie of the week if there weren't cheesy moments. But um they make the movie better and there's so many quotes. If I sat here quoting them by myself, I'd start getting really sad and I'd probably sound really crazy. But um You're the one, Wyatt. I think that's my favorite. Morgan says that to his brother, and it's really beautiful. So you looking to watch a movie about brotherhood, friendship, and just really great. That's the romantic story. You know what? I don't think I ever appreciated the romance in this story enough. It is not heavy handed. It's done with a, with a real slight hand. It just weaved in perfectly. And it was a huge part of Wyatt Earp's life was this love that he had for this woman. It was a driving force for them. And I think they did that wonderfully without it being like, oh, our cowboy has to have a fucking girl he falls in love with. Like, no, you can tell the, the this love by these two actual people in real life were treated really beautifully by the people acting it out. And so, yeah, if you love romances, you love stories about friendship and brotherhood, and you like cowboys and the law, and bang-bangs, and pew-pews, and lots of dust, this is your movie. Thank you for listening to Curiosity Killed the Cat. We will be with you next time. Bye!